0: the scripture actually teaches this idea that the more that we engage with beauty around the throne, the more that we engage with the glory of the Lord, the more that we engage with God, it it, it has a contagious effect to where it gets on us and begins to transform us. And ultimately, the idea is this, that Transformation comes by gazing on God, engaging with beauty. That's where transformation comes from. It's We call it revelation. You can call it, there's a variety of things we call it, but it's not going to ultimately come from us trying to work things out ourselves and become better or practicing natural things real transformation comes because of the contagious effect of the glory of God imparted to us that transforms our soul and this is where we've got to begin to live from infected by God do you get me i mean really really just living where we've drank of God's i mean pleasures where we've we've drank of God's beauty And there has been a transformational reality that's happened to us. Now the problem with this concept, it's real, it's true, but the the challenge, I should say, it's not a, and the challenge isn't with the concept, the challenge is with our frame. The challenge is our frame is finite and broken and we leak. This is how it works. We engage with the infinite and the uncreated and the only portion of our being as it is that is able to hold the supernatural hold the capacity that has the capacity to hold the glory of god is our spirit our our uh, soul and our flesh can feel it receive it be touched by it but our soul is being transformed it's imperfect and our flesh well, it needs to be crucified. And so these portions of our being don't actually have the capacity to hold the eternal long-term until they're transformed. Part of the reason you're going to get the glorified body is so that you can have an infinite capacity to drink of glory, majesty, and beauty. Are, are you, so, so what I'm saying is... the. Our challenge is that we are a leaky bucket and the only way to keep the water of glory, majesty, and beauty in us and I'm talking about in our soul and our flesh is to continue to drink of that well. If you got a little hole in the bucket, you continue to fill it with water, I mean, everything else is going to get wet, which I think is actually God's plan for us, that we would drink of glory, beauty, and majesty, leak it out everywhere, and that the contagious effect upon it would actually begin to transform us even though we are still in a, in a broken, weakened state. Uh, un- until our flesh gets glorified, we still are, are, are weak in our flesh. But this is the thing that I'm dealing with is that 2 Corinthians 3 that that this I mean this amazing idea 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 and I don't think we have them in the back so if you guys get them up bless you but uh 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 I just I mean this this is just the answer really on so many levels so He explains that in Christ the veil is taken away. No longer are we veiled. We have the opportunity to go to Jesus, go to the Father without the the veil, which he's referencing the temple veil, in the way between us. We have have open access to God. And he says, we all, and and here he's talking about Moses who had a veil on his face, but the veil is lifted in Christ. And he says, but we all with unveiled face Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Beholding the glory of the Lord that mirror there is not the mirror that you, you and I are used to using. This is, it's the glass darkly idea from, from 1 Corinthians 13. It's just, though it's, we're, we're still, you know, on this side of, of the flesh, we're still beholding him though. And as we behold him, transformation is hitting our being. We're being transformed into the same image, the image that we're beholding. We're being transformed Formed by His glory from glory to glory. And, I, and so here's the point, gang. This is, this is really it. If we will truly I mean focus and commit and make it our portion, our habit, our pleasure to come before the throne And to engage with God. And engage with the majesty of God. There is such a contagious effect. That what we see of God will get on us. This is real. This is real. And we will be transformed. I have a great desire to see him and be transformed. Because, you know, he goes on to describe how we have this glory in earth and vessels. He's talking about how our spirit holds all that God is in our spirit. The Holy Spirit is there and we are alive by the Holy Spirit in our spirit. But our flesh and, and our soul are still in transformation mode. But here's my point. It just seems wrong to me that I can go in a restaurant and nobody knows that the uncreated God is in here that seems really, really, really wrong. And so there is this feature where we get to come before God and we gaze on beauty and then transformation hits our frame. And we become carriers in our soul and in our flesh even of glory. It's contagious. It really is that kind of contagious. And I was thinking about the number of things in creation that God has made that has this kind of effect, and the most obvious one is the sun. If you flew to the sun, you know, you'd melt before you ever got there because it's so hot. But even at 93 million miles away from the sun, the heat of the sun, that heat is cumulative, and it actually, well, it, how do I, I mean, the most simple word is it heats stuff up. It makes stuff hot. If you put the piece of metal on the sidewalk in the middle of the summer and then you go grab the metal, it will burn you. Why? Because the glory of the sun is transforming the metal. The the heat of God is like the exact same thing. The glory of God, the majesty of God. As we gaze, as we behold, there's stuff coming off of God. It's called glory, majesty, beauty, splendor, and pleasure. And we can gaze on Him and behold Him, and the heat of God gets on us and begins to actually transform us, even though we have weak frames, fallen Weak, broken frames. We can still gaze and get heated up. And I want that. I want my soul to be so, I mean, sparked with God that what comes out of my mind, the words that come out of my mouth, that they are laden with glory. Why not? and laden with glory and so then you can say the word because you've gazed on beauty you've engaged with God and you're a carrier of presence and you say the word and when the one the simple word that they've heard before but it's it's full it's it's pregnant with glory because that's what you've been infected with you say that word and man it hits that other person's soul and man something's now happening there's this electric effect Oh, man, see, this is what I'm dreaming about. I'm dreaming about being such a carrier. A, being so wrecked that I've got to have glory and beauty and majesty and splendor and pleasure that I will go and give myself to this so deeply and long term that I, that I become a carrier because I'm so infected by it that my soul is filled with glory, beauty, majesty, splendor, and pleasure. And then when I say a thing, the words are carrying that same Glory. A, there's a better vision than us like trying to like pound this into the unbelieving. Jesus loves you. I swear he loves you. Come on, man, he loves you. I mean, it's just crazy. And you know, I just I'm I'm pained so often because it feels like my words, they're so in my heart, they feel so big, but when they come out of my mouth, they feel so small. I just believe that that transformation can take place in my soul to where the words I speak are literally carriers of what I'm gazing on. There's that infection. Am I making sense a little bit? (laughs) We all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image, into the image we're beholding, from glory to glory, and this happens by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of the Lord, this is our portion, and there's this contagious effect, there's a better word for it, I I, I mean, this is a transferable transformation that comes from God's presence, from His glory. And you know this, you know what I'm talking about. I'm I'm trying to wrap words around an idea that you've already you you've done this. You've walked up to the person who's been with Jesus and you feel it. Man, like what are you doing in here? You ever just walked into the room, I mean, and this we walk into the prayer room often, but you ever walked into a room where two or three people were in there, and they're praying together, and you just, you walk in, and maybe you didn't catch them praying, but they have been praying, and you walked in the room, and you go, it, like, did I mess up? <laughs> did I do something, like, whoa, what did I step into in here? Like, you know what I mean, did I break the flow? Because <laughs> something's, you feel it, you know what I'm saying? You walk in, and you go, ooh, I'm sorry, did I? excuse me, <laughs> something's happening here, and you know it, even though you didn't catch them in the act of praying, you feel that they were engaging the glory of the Lord. They're engaging His presence. This, this is where I want to live from. I want to drink of that well, and even though I've got a leaky bucket, I just want to keep it filled. Now, here's the thing. Some of these ideas can seem so far out. But the throne is what defines us because your originator resides on the throne so the one who came up with the idea of you is this one who dwells in unapproachable light so your identity the internal the internal code of your makeup is more tuned to that one who's on that throne than any other thing. And who you are is more clearly defined in light of him than it is in light of any other thing or any other person, even your own parents and family. Because the one who created you, your originator, is this one who dwells in unapproachable light, glory, beauty, splendor, majesty, and pleasure. My point just becomes this, we will not live right with the right comprehension of our identity. We won't really comprehend even our own makeup. We won't know ourselves really very well at all unless we see ourselves through the lens of him. Because he's the one that made us. And we try to identify ourselves to so many things, my, you know, my calling, or my job, or my family, or my dad. Look, none of those things are your creator. The only way we can even understand ourselves is through that one on the throne. And so, you know, and I'm fighting that whole old argument, you're so heavenly minded, you know it's really good. But dude, you can't be any earthly good at all if you're earthly minded. And you can only understand who you are in, through the lens of the one who made you. And, and you'll never comprehend your identity unless you engage with beauty. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's him who tells you who you are. Because he's the one that thought up you. And who he is says everything about who you are. And so you don't find you by going and looking at your belly button and nasal gazing, navel gazing, nasal gazing, you find out who you are by finding out who he is. Because you know what you are? An image bearer. And man, there's where confidence comes from. Is seeing God as he is and recognizing you're his beloved. And you're, that you're, here's the other thing. Your makeup is tuned to glory, beauty, majesty, and splendor and pleasure. Because that's who you came from. Your makeup will resonate the most when you engage with him. And so here's the thing. The beauty of the Lord and the glory of the throne, it's the doorway to so many other things. What what I mean by that is this. If we will engage in the verses in the scripture that identify God, it's through understanding Him, through seeing Him, that all the other things of the kingdom can be comprehended. Nothing else in the kingdom can really be comprehended by staring at it apart from staring at Him. Am I making sense with that? You've got to see Him to understand everything else. And, and so in a certain way, the doorway to everything in the kingdom of God is the throne. God is calling. He wants to encounter you. I love perfectly timed cell phone rings. And 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 here's where I'm actually going with this point. So there's the natural feature of meditating on beauty, getting the verses, imagining with a holy imagination the 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 throne room and gazing in your in your in your sanctified imagination on the things the scripture describes. But then there's this other thing as you as you apply your heart to this, there really is true access. I mean, Jesus Christ really has made the way. He's really flung the door open. We really do have access to the throne and and that door of access opens up a, a, a an innumerable innumerable number of possibilities but here's my point if you will spend your days in meditating on the throne and studying the scriptures about the throne there's that massive transformational effect till everything in your life will begin to change all the perceptions you have begin to change. Your capacities will begin to change. But here's really what I want to mention. There will be massive doorways that will open for you in spiritual things that you never dreamt. Because if you will go to the throne, that's the place where all the other graces come from is the throne. And even to this, if this is what I'm praying for and what we're gonna pray, I'm going to pray for tonight, what we're going to pray for together, I am really, really, and I'm serious about this one, I'm really believing for people who, who have that, that Enoch anointing. What did Enoch do? He walked with God until God came and got him. I'm believing for God to have people who engage. I want you to come back when it's all said and done. <laughs> but engage with glory, beauty, majesty, splendor, and pleasure. You know, in the spirit with your eyes closed until he takes you there and you're there with your eyes open. I'm really believing for this. I don't see why. I don't see anything in the scripture that is a prohibition to it or even tells us to be careful about it. What I see is the scripture actually admonishing us to set our mind on things above. Encouraging us to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, encouraging us to behold the glory of the Lord. There's verse after verse after verse after verse that tells us to set our heart, set our mind on things of the Spirit. So many verses like that. And then what we see in the scripture is those that lived the most like that actually get the tour. No, I'm serious. I want the tour. I want to see him. And, I, and I'm believing for a community that we actually have these encounters. And I'm not, I don't want the hype encounter. I will grill you. You come to me, I went there. I'll be asking you a thousand questions. and Not because I'm mad, because I'm serious. I want to know. And I don't want the fake one. But I, 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 why not, gang? Why not? John, He went up. Daniel went up. Ezekiel saw him come down. Moses and 70 elders went up as God came down on the mountain. They had dinner with God. I was going to have dinner with God. Like dinner with God on the sapphire pavement. (laughs) I mean, it is absurd. It is, it's totally absurd. And we have access. Okay, let me touch three points and then I want to close and I want to pray. So I want to talk about how this transformation, it changes our our makeup in our soul and how it changes our capacity to actually, to uh, really to do three things, to receive, to proclaim, and I've kind of already preached the message, but I'm just going to hit these quickly. To uh, receive, proclaim, and perceive. So the first is to receive. Our, Our capacity changes as we gaze on the throne. Our capacity to receive from God changes. Our acquaintance with the throne enlarges our capacity to receive from the throne. The point becomes, the more that you're with him, the more that you want him. And the more that you're with him, the more that you're able to receive of him. And I've seen this play out so easy in the prayer room because what, I, I watch this. I watch young people come in. and They'll do an internship or old people. And they'll, they'll pray. You know, we set them up to pray. Is that okay? Young, old. Okay, older. Uh, so they'll come in and we'll put them in the prayer room for eight hours a day. And I watch them, In the first week, they're like, you know, the first two hours, like, oh, this is awesome, we'll love God. Two hours, like, yes. And about hour four, they're like, hitting the wall, like, are you serious right now? Like, four, four more hours of, like, walking around in an empty prayer room, talking to a God I can't see, okay? Like, this is what I'm doing now. Oh, yeah, you're gonna do this five days a week this week. Are, you cannot be, you're shut up, like, lying to me right now. There's no way. So by that, the end of that first week, they're like, this is, I mean, it's awesome, but it's hard. And, and then those same people fast forward them six months. And they're in the prayer room, they're, they're like eight hours a day. And I go, how's it going? They're like, I just want more of God. After eight, you know, eight hours in the prayer, I'm like, how's it going? You and the Lord, oh, I'm so hungry for God. I just want more of God. And their capacity expanded. Do You know what I'm saying? It used to be that getting God at a level one was like, whoa, I can't handle this anymore. And then they get him at, you know, it's not even that high, but they get him at a two. You know, their capacity opens up, and they they really want him at a ten. And so though they got twice as much as they had before. They're like four times as in debt, like four times more in the negative. Because their capacity is now an eight, but they got him at a two. Before it was a one, their capacity was a one. Now they get him at a two, and their capacity is an eight. And their hunger has increased. and, And that's what this thing does. When you gaze on him, you see him as he is, your soul begins to expand. And your recognition of how great he is, something happens inside you. And you go, I have got to have more of him. And so our capacity to engage grows. It's it's the door to the deeper life in God. Gazing on the beauty is the door to the deeper life in God. I probably need to do a whole message on that sentence. And so, uh, that's receive. It, our capacity increases. Now, it, it changes our perceptions. It, it changes what we're able to receive, what we're able to perceive, and what we proclaim. It changes our perceptions. And here, this is a big point, so catch these points. It's what I was saying even about yourself, but it's really the truth about everything in the kingdom. You will not rightly perceive everything and anything in the kingdom unless you perceive it through the lens of the throne of God. In fact, all the other facets of of the nature of God have to be perceived through who God is on the throne. And who the Son is can only be perceived through who the Father is. The Son is begotten of the Father. He came out of the Father. And so when we comprehend Jesus the Son as the bridegroom, for instance, if we don't see the Son through the lens of the throne, we will have a a weird view of the bridegroom, a sensual view of the bridegroom. If we don't have, behold, a throne set in heaven, and one who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone, if we don't have that lens, when we start thinking about the bridegroom, we will not think of him rightly. We will see him in a way that's bizarre. We will attach things to him that are not like him. We can only understand who the bridegroom uh, son is through the lens of the father on the throne. Well, we can only understand the king, King Jesus. We can only understand who Jesus is as the king, the king of kings, through the lens of the father on the throne. And so then... (laughs) When we get royalty and majesty and glory and splendor from the Father and we understand that the Father has set His Son as the King of all creation, then we begin to rightly esteem who the King is. And it's only through the lens of the throne that we can comprehend the judge. And I am convinced that the narrative of Revelation 4 and 5 is in place where it is in the book of Revelation right before the judgment events, so that we have to go through the lens of the throne before we ever get into the judgments because we will not rightly comprehend the judgments unless we go through the throne. And it's only through glory, beauty, splendor, splendor, majesty, and pleasure of the Father on the throne that we understand the worth of the Lamb in Revelation 5 and we tremble at who he is as the judge in Revelation six. And we'll only have the teeth to be able to digest what happens in Revelation six through 19 if we go through the lens of Revelation four and five first. Our perceptions change when we go through the throne, otherwise we won't comprehend God in so much of his activity the right way. So we've got to fill our minds with beauty. We've got to fill our minds with majesty, the truth of who he is, splendor and pleasure. We've got to fill our minds with that so we can see things rightly. And then our proclamations. And this is what I was talking about, having our words as carriers of glory. I'm convinced we've not yet seen messengers of beauty. I mean, maybe in bygone generations, but I don't think I know of one right now. I mean, there's a couple of our friends that are beginning to scratch the surface on this thing. They're really getting revelation of the beauty of God, and then when they open their mouth, it's, it's like shockwaves. And man, though, I tell you, I believe the harvest will be brought in by messengers of beauty and glory. I mean, it really, I believe that most effective harvesters in the earth will be ones that are pierced with the message of beauty and glory of God. They will dethrone the false beauty movement. They will they will break that counterfeit beauty movement in the earth. They'll declare true beauty, and men's hearts will be pierced when they hear the revelation of what God is and how beautiful he is. And so we've got to become proclaimers of beauty, proclaimers filled with these words, our, our minds alive with language and alive in the beauty of God in our hearts and, and we get engaged in the throne and these things begin to transform the way we declare and we even, we even, as we're perceiving differently, we even frame it up differently and hang-ups and lacks of confidence and all sorts of little different things that are infringing upon our soul and we get free and see Him in beauty. Our whole, our whole soul begin to move. I will say it differently. I want to say it differently. I want to say it with a burning heart. I want this to be so alive with him. This is this is I'm pained over this. I, I mean I stood in front of a couple hundred teenagers this weekend and began to tell them about false the false beauty movement. And yes, they responded. But oh man, I can see a day in my spirit. I can just see it when we declare the majesty of God, and every heart shakes—the recognition of this thing. And I'm saying, I mean, I'm just believing for the day when we declare beauty, and kids with you know perversion and pornographic hangups, it just breaks off them at the declaration of true beauty. And, and, and girls with eating disorders and self-hatred issues and cutting and all that stuff. The, the, it, it, when we proclaim true beauty, it just unshackles them. I can just see the word of the majesty of God, the glory of God, breaking those bondages off people. I'm jealous to get that. It's only going to come by us giving ourselves to this. So this is, I'm rounding out my introduction. It's been four weeks. And the idea that I'm stressing tonight is the contagiousness of the glory of the Lord on the throne. That as we perceive, we are transformed into the same image. And it changes our capacities to receive our capacities in in terms of what we perceive and what we proclaim. We've We've got to stay with this. We've got to stay with this because it's from this place of beauty and majesty that everything else has definition. It only, listen, abandonment, laying down your life for God, going after happy holiness, only makes sense if you have a paradigm of beauty and majesty. I mean, for years I told people, quit sinning, and I gave them almost no alternative. I said, stop going after all that sinful pleasure. I wish I would have been able to say, quit going after the dog food because the filet mignon is right here. But I could I didn't have the I didn't have the paradigm. I mean the the message of holiness is so it makes so much sense when you can direct people to true pleasure. We, just, we can't just walk around saying stop that, stop that, stop that. What we've got to be able to say is, why would you choose that when you have this? This is available. Redefines the ideas of abandonment. Redefines the ideas of holiness. Holiness is beautiful. Gives us the proper lenses to perceive the end of the age. All these things come from setting our heart and gazing on beauty. All right, let's stand. I loved where we went and worshiped tonight. I, I just want to commend our crew that's coming on Sunday nights for positioning yourselves when you come in a way that you want to engage with the throne and you're coming with expectancy. It's just... It's just so precious. I want, I want to just take a few moments, and I want to pray. I want to pray for heavenly encounters. I want to ask the Lord for grace that we would engage with the throne, we would engage with who He is, this God of glory, until we get that, that Enoch thing. We just, he just decides to take us on a tour. I mean, I, I really believe that's available and I believe it's available for the ones that, that want it, that will come towards him. And it might be a 20-year journey. And then you get the tour on this side before you get to go there for good. But man, that journey would be worth it. Come Holy Spirit. Take us up in the spirit, Lord. Give us the grace to plant ourselves firmly before your throne. To gaze on who you are, the beauty of the Lord. That one thing I desire, that one thing I will seek, to gaze on beauty. Grace to do that, Lord. Day in and day out, that we would approach you. I pray for grace to approach you relentlessly. Draw us into the chase. And don't hide your face from us. So just seriously, if if you want to really set yourself on this journey. And I mean, it might be 5, 10, 20 years, I don't know. But but you're thinking it's about these capacities to change, your perceptions to change, all these things. But you're saying also, I resonate with just desiring to see Him. Just want to see Him. I want to ask the Lord for that right now. If that resonates with you, I just want you to come and i, I in just a holy way, I don't want to hype this at all, but I want to ask the Lord to give us that open door. Give us the open door. The come up here. Take us up in the Spirit, God. Here we are, God. We know that our souls are tuned to the throne because our originator is the one sitting there. The throne is the place that makes the most sense to our makeup and our nature because we're made in your image. We're made like you. It's from you we get our identity. We've been so tuned to so many weird things that are not you. But God, right now I'm asking for grace, Holy Spirit, escorts, and the grace of God that would enable us to plant ourselves before your throne. Long hours and long days, and days and days and years and years. God, I'm asking for it for me. I'm asking for it for our house, for our community, for our staff, that we would have the grace to gaze. God, we want our capacity changed, our perception changed, our proclamations changed, our songs changed, our music changed, our countenance changed until the day that you just release up to us like what you did to Enoch. You took him up. What you did to John. You took him up. What you did to Daniel. You took him up. You took Moses up. You took David up. God, you took all them up. They were just normal people. But they were so engaged with you. I just believe that, beloved. There's just something that we can touch in his heart when we will pursue Him He just finally, he just says, come up here. He just finally says, come up here. Come up here, you. Just think about my daughter when she comes and tugs on my leg. My instinctive next move is to snatch her up. Come up here. Lord, right now I'm asking... Would you issue that in our community, that come up here, come up here, come up here. We want to see you. Come up here, come up now, my beloved. Just like what you did for John. Do it for us. Just like what you did for David. I will meditate on the glorious splendor. I've seen the consummation of all perfection. It's like what you did for Daniel. It's like what Ezekiel saw, the burning wheels within the wheels. Take us up in the spirit, Lord. Take us up in the spirit.